Welcome to the Dare to Multiply podcast. On this podcast, we help passionate Jesus followers become courageous, obedient disciples who impact their communities for the kingdom of God. I'm your host, Cynthia Anderson, a disciple multiplication coach and trainer. I'm going to show you how to make and multiply disciples in your area. God's got great things ahead for you. Let's dare to multiply. Is preaching essential for church planning and disciple making in a new area? Is it perhaps even sacramental, an important part of what we do as a church planter? This is a question that came in from one of our um, the people, my readers on Twitter, uh, and I'm going to be addressing this important question today. How important is preaching, or how vital is it to what we do as we're making disciples in a new area? We'll be right back with that in just a minute. Are you busy but not seeing the fruit you long for? Dissatisfied with your present level of impact on those around you? Are frustrated with traditional methods of discipleship that don't seem to be effective? If so, the Getting Started in Disciple Making Movements course may be just what you need. Inside the Getting Started program, you'll get access to a step-by-step -step proven approach to making and multiplying disciples. Not only will you receive 25 short and practical video teachings spread out over six modules, but you'll have a chance to connect with others for group coaching via our monthly Zoom calls. And even more importantly, you'll become part of a global community of like-minded people from all over the world who are passionately committed to following Jesus and impacting others around them. If you want to get unstuck and begin moving forward as a disciple who makes disciples, I encourage you to go to courses.dmmsfrontiermissions.com and sign up for this powerful program today. And now to today's episode. Is preaching essential to planting churches and making disciples in new areas? Is it even perhaps sacramental? We're going to be talking about this today here on the Dare to Multiply podcast. And I am Cynthia Anderson. I am a disciple making movement, disciple multiplication coach and trainer, and I am excited today to talk to you. This question came in from Greg on Twitter, and Greg said this. He said, I recently spoke with a church planter. He wants to plant a new house church, and he told me that he believes that preaching is essential, describing it as sacramental. Um, he said, please address these thoughts and these issues relative to disciple-making movements on your podcast. So here we are, Greg. Um, wonderful question and an important one for us to talk about and think about as church planners and disciple-makers who are working in new areas. Well, I wanted us to start with scripture as we always do, right? And we know that Paul the Apostle said in Romans 15, 20, here, let me read that. Romans 15, 20, uh, 19 and 20, he says, by the power of signs and wonders through the power of the spirit of God. So from Jerusalem all the way around to Illyricum, I have fully proclaimed the gospel 
of Christ. It has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation, right? And that's Romans 15, 19 to 20. So we hear here, the apostle Paul is saying, I have made it my ambition to proclaim the gospel where it's not yet been proclaimed and to preach the gospel where it has not been known. So preaching the gospel is obviously part of planning a church and making the disciples among the unreached or in a new area. Um, but a lot of times we get confused about what this word means. And we want to talk more about that, especially as it relates to disciple making movements. So I've been working um, to help people understand how to start discovery groups or discovery Bible studies, or sometimes we call them three-part meetings, depending on what stream of DMM, CPM stuff that you've been learning from, right? And in these discovery Bible studies that we began with seekers, or we began with new believers, or their oikos, their group of friends and family, we use a participatory learning approach. We we go through a scripture or a story and then we discuss it, we talk about it, we repeat the passage back before we even do that. And there is participatory learning that takes place. And often when I'm training people how to do this discovery Bible study learning and discovery learning, I say to them, don't preach, right? Now, um, especially for those who have ministry backgrounds or who come in, you know, from a traditional church background, um, and uh, many of my African brothers and sisters, you know, they, they love to preach, right? And to be honest, I love to preach. I love preaching. I love standing in front of a group of people and bringing the word of God. And I, um, I enjoy doing that. So that's kind of our modus operandi. That's what we are conditioned to often do. And so when we are learning how to have these discovery Bible studies and small group meetings with people, we have to tell ourselves, don't preach, right? I have to tell myself that. Don't go into preacher mode. Don't start to explain the passage to people. But we want people to be able to discover what the Word of God says on their own and for themselves. We call it discovery learning. And um, the reason for that is it allows the Holy Spirit space to speak to people directly and to them from the passage without us um, telling them what they should be learning. And there's some great power in that. And we've found that when people do this all around the world, it's the best practice that is working in tens of thousands of Discovery Bible studies all across the world is leading to multiplication of disciples. So it's definitely something we want to pay attention to. And that is that as people are exposed to the word of God in an environment, a safe environment where they actually repeat back the passage, they say it in their own words, they learn to tell the story before they even explore what it means. So they're saying it, they're speaking it, they're maybe acting it out, as we like to do in the DBS that I'm a part of here in Thailand. We act it out, we have fun with it, and we get it into our minds and our hearts first. And then we ask some questions of it. We say, you know, what do we learn from this? What is it saying to us that we need to apply? What does it say about God and about people? We're asking these questions of it. And every person in the group is participating 
and learning, right? And the Holy Spirit is speaking to them, even those who are seekers, the Holy Spirit can speak to non-Christians too, amen? Yeah, <laughs> he's speaking to them and they're learning. And so um, we've found that discovery learning is such an effective way to see the word of God begin to soak into the hearts and lives and it brings transformation. And the Holy Spirit highlights what the Holy Spirit wants to highlight to them and to us as a group. And very often it's different from what I as a trained preacher would have preached from that passage. It's different because the Holy Spirit is, is having his way. He's being free to highlight to different people what they need and we're gaining from the experience of the group in really exploring and understanding this passage. And so uh, this is the power of discovery Bible study. We find um, in adult learning, and I think this is important to note, you know, in adult learning, Edgar Dale, a guy named Edgar, Edgar Dale said that we remember 10% of what we read, 20% of what we hear, 30% of what we see, 50% of what we both see and hear, and 70% of what we discuss with others. And then 80% of what we personally experience, and this is the, the one that I love, it's 95% of what we teach to others, we remember, right? And we want people to remember the scriptures that they are digging into. We want people to remember the word of God, whether, wherever they're at in their process and their journey, right? And so we, we wanna think about that adult learning principle because our job in making new disciples is to help them learn and grow from the word of God, not just to get them into a church building and make them church members. We wanna make disciples, not converts. And so that's why it's so vital that when we, uh, when we come together, we make space for exploratory learning and discovery learning. And that's why often you will hear us say, don't preach. And I've said that to many people, don't preach. And in the context of a discovery Bible study, that's absolutely true. Unwind that modus operandi, that automatic inclination to preach and let people discover what the word of God has to say. And you're going to find you're going to make stronger disciples who are able then to multiply. And then the method also multiplies easily because it's simple and it's reproducible. So um, when we look at Jesus and his life, and we should, you know, he's our model for church planning. He's our model for disciple making. We said that Jesus did preach, you know, what you might call sermons. He did give these talks like on the Sermon on the Mount. He, he stood in front and he expounded the, the word of God and he preached to the crowds. There was preaching and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, obviously, right? Jesus did it. It was effective. But when we look at what Jesus put most of his time into as a church planner, you might call him, as, as someone who is bringing the kingdom in a new area, we see that he put most of his time into making disciples and into asking those disciples questions and letting them speak back what they thought and dialogue with them. He, you know, when we count the number of sermons that are recorded in scripture that Jesus preached, it's like three to five, right? Not that many. 
not like, you know, 70 sermons that we find in scripture that Jesus preached. Why? Because he didn't do it that often, right? Or it would have been recorded. Most of the time he was discipling his, you know, his 12, he was talking with them. If he did talk to the crowds, he told a story, a short story, and then he let them, you know, think about it, talk about it with each other. And he talked to his disciples about it. So he wasn't doing a lot of three-point sermons or, you know, this exposition of the word of God. You know, he wasn't doing that from the Old Testament scriptures often. Most of the time he was telling stories, which is what we do in a discovery Bible study, and then asking people questions, letting them think about it, letting those stories penetrate their hearts. He was giving simple, short things that they could digest. And then he was dialoguing about that with them. Jesus asked something like 50 to 70 questions that we find in scripture, if I'm correct. I, I think that's right. He asked many, many questions. Um, when you read the New Testament, you just see the gospels over and over. Jesus asked questions. We, if we want to be good church planners and good disciple makers, we need to learn to ask questions and to stop our tendency to preach at people, especially preaching at people, whether it's on the street as you're talking to someone individually or whether it's from a platform, we shouldn't preach at people, right? We need to share the good news and proclaim it. And I want to go back to that Romans 15 passage that we read at the beginning. What does it actually mean, uh, those words, proclaim the gospel and preach the gospel, which obviously is part of our task as we take the gospel, you know, as, as we go into a new area to plant a church. Um, the word proclaim there is uadjilion. I'm not sure I pronounced that right. I'm not a Greek scholar, but the Greek word is uadjilion. And the word for preach there is uadjilizo. From those two words, we get the word evangelism, right? And so definitely, if you are planning a church in a new area and you want to reach new people, not just open another good church that you get transfer growth, people who are dissatisfied with other churches that come into your church and are already Christians, but you want to plant a new church and reach new people, evangelism or the proclamation of the gospel is definitely going to be part of that. And it is needed if we go into a new area. We have to find those new persons of peace. We have to find those new people who God is choosing and calling into his kingdom. And we have to bring them to know Jesus, right? Invite them to know Jesus. And um, there's lots of different ways to do that kind of proclamation or that kind of preaching, evangelism. And it is contextual, right? And so I would just say to Greg and others, it, it is contextual. There are some places where uh, it may be appropriate, you know, to stand up and preach on a street corner. Um, I don't know of very many places like that in the world today. Um, I was just in Uganda and saw a street preacher standing up on the street corner and preaching. Not very many people were listening from what I could see. Um, but if it's effective and if it's working and you're, you know, people are responding and then from that you can invite them into discipleship and into a discovery Bible study or something, you know, do what's effective and what works in the proclamation of the gospel. But there are lots of other 
more effective ways to proclaim the good news of Jesus. You know, one way that we're using as Disciple Makers Increase, the organization I lead, is we're using what's called media to movements. And we're proclaiming the gospel on social media and inviting people into conversations about Jesus. And that's one way that you can proclaim in our day and age the good news of Jesus. Um, we also like to teach people how to share their testimony, the, uh, to proclaim this, their story of what God did in their lives. We, we also use a creation to Christ story set, you know, um, and there's ways that we can proclaim the gospel to those who have never heard that are effective. The three circles um, approach to evangelism, which is just a simple way to share the gospel with somebody and to proclaim the good news is something else, another tool that we often encourage people to use. So we want to, as church planners, be regular and frequent in what we call abundant seed sowing, proclaiming the good news of Jesus to those who've never heard. And um, you might call that preaching, um, you know, but I tend to not use the word preaching for that even though it is biblical and it is scriptural, because people often, when they think of preaching, they go straight to seeing a pastor standing on a stage and proclaiming something in a church building from a pulpit. And is that essential to church planting? You know, um, if you just want one building church and you want to have an attractional model where people are attracted to hear the word of God from who are already Christians from other churches and you want to fill your building with, you know, people being attracted to come and be fed from the word of God, um, then yeah, go for it. But if your goal really is to reach the lost in that area and you want to plant a church among lost people who don't know Jesus and you want to disciple them and grow them in the faith so that they can quickly become mature and they can learn quickly how to disciple others. Um, not that that's in that order, right? We, we teach people to disciple others with whatever they know before they're fully mature, right? And that's, that's a, another topic, but you wanna teach people and you wanna grow them in the faith. You wanna make disciples who can make disciples who can make disciples then I would say pulpit preaching is definitely not one of the top priorities. Proclamation of the gospel in relevant ways that are effective for your context, not only you doing that and modeling it, but bringing together a team and a group of people who can also be trained in how to do that. And then knowing how after you invite people to Christ to bring them into a discovery process, a discipleship process um, that is life on life, but also that's using a reproducible model like the Discovery Bible Study or the three thirds meeting. I feel like that is far more essential to seeing a church started that can then a house church started that then can multiply. So my question for Greg, for your friend would be, what is your goal? Is your goal to plant a church or is your goal to reach the community? And um, what is it that God's really put on your heart to see happen and God's showing you that, you know, he wants you to do. And if your goal is to reach the community, then, you know, maybe you should think more about multiplication from the start and um, not just planting one house church where you're the preacher, because that, you know, that's pretty limited. But if you want that house church to multiply and grow, the people in it to be able to start their own groups, then I would say, don't preach as much. <laughs> Try to restrain yourself 
and instead get them into discovery groups, both seekers and those who are new believers and even those you're training. Get them into discovery groups, get them to learn how to let the Holy Spirit speak through scripture and do his work in people's lives um, in an adult learning kind of way that works and that's reproducible. And um, you're going to see a lot greater effectiveness as you do that. Um, so nothing wrong with preaching, but is it essential for church planning? I would say no. And often what happens even after that initial group is formed and you have a church is we then default back to a traditional mode. We buy a building or we rent a building and we focus on platform preaching as the main attractional value in the church. And we decrease our efforts into disciple making. And what will happen is your growth will plateau. Maybe you'll, you know, you'll stop at that smaller number of people or you'll start attracting um, other Christians rather than attracting the lost. So go out, be a go church, not a come church, right? We, we want to obey Jesus' command to go and make disciples, not just call them to come into our buildings. And um, yeah, as you go, make disciples by engaging them with scripture. And as they engage with scripture, they're going to encounter God. They're going to encounter Jesus. And we know that it's those encounters with him that change our lives. Making disciples and sharing Jesus with those around you can be difficult. We need help to keep our faith alive as we step out to do new things. Faith to Move Mountains, stirring our faith to believe for movements among the unreached, is a 30-day devotional that will encourage your heart and build your faith. In it, I and my co-author, Kevin Sutter, share a scripture, a story, and a challenge each day from years of frontline experience working in tough places. Like I said, making disciples can be hard, progress is often slow, and breakthroughs seem distant. This devotional will kickstart your faith for a movement of disciples in your area. Grab a copy on Amazon.com today. I hope that answered the question of how essential is preaching as we're making disciples and church planning in new areas, or if it didn't answer it fully, at least it gave you some new things to think about as you consider that question. Remember, Paul said, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ is not yet known, but that word was actually talking about evangelism, to proclaim the gospel, to make him known to others. And we want to do that in the most culturally relevant way. We want to do that in the most fruitful and effective way. And often preaching in the traditional sense of standing up on a stage on a platform is not always the most effective way to engage with people in making disciples. Um, it can be part of the picture, but that's definitely not the primary thing that Jesus did to make disciples when he went into a new area. He told stories and he asked questions. So we want to be like Jesus and do what he did. So here's my assignment for you or my action step as you as we wrap up this podcast. And that is this. When you begin to talk to somebody about Jesus, do you tend to preach at them? If you do, if that's kind of been your you know, mode that you go into and you're not getting great results from that, from that, I want to encourage you to think of two or three key questions that you could ask instead and one story that you could tell. Tell a story, ask a question, ask them to share their thoughts 
And I believe you're going to see a greater openness for you then to proclaim the gospel and to share your story with them and the story from God's word of what, how he's changed your life and how he can change theirs as well. So again, action step, think about a question you could ask and, and avoid going into preaching mode, whether it's in the discovery Bible study that you maybe are leading or a part of. Um, and instead ask questions, give the Holy Spirit room to speak and work in people's lives. And he will, he will. God bless you guys. We'll see you back on the next podcast. That's all we've got for this episode of the Dare to Multiply podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us at dmmsfrontiermissions.com slash blog on social media. And please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, God's dreams for us are always bigger than we can imagine.